0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: Last week, melanoma researchers Richard Scoglia and Georgina Long were announced as the Australians of the Year. In his speech that night, and also when he spoke to nightlife before that, Professor Scoglia called melanoma Australia's national cancer tragically every six hours someone loses their life to skin cancer. It's prevalent here because of our climate, our outdoor lifestyle and in many cases our fair skin. So what should be done? What can be done and can we ever reach zero cases as the professors believe? Victoria Beadle is the CEO of Melanoma Patients Australia and is our guest on Nightlife. Victoria welcome to the program.
0: Thank you it's great to be here.
1: What's your own situation with melanoma?
0: Well, I I lead a a patient support and advocacy organization that's a national organization, and we really represent and support patients across the country affected by melanoma. So we have um, many thousands of patients coming through each year that are looking for supportive care and survivorship services. They're wanting to talk to someone. They're wanting to connect with uh, a nurse or a clinician to talk through the impact of their diagnosis on their life. And we run a range of support services that really um, tap into that and provide patients with the information and the support that they need when they need it. And we listen to them and advocate for what, what patients want and, um, and try to do that with government and uh, raise awareness. Mm.
1: How important is it that Georgina Long and Richard Scalia were named Australians of the Year?
0: Oh, look, we think it's fantastic news. Our patients think it's fantastic news. And it's a wonderful recognition of Georgina and Richard's incredible work and dedication to improving the outcomes for our patients and their families. And now, you know, other people affected by other cancers like brain cancer. It's really, really incredible. From our perspective, less than 10 years ago, people would call the Melanoma Patients Australia support line with an advanced stage diagnosis. And we would be helping patients and families dealing with tragic end of life issues, putting their affairs in order, uh, helping them with wills, palliative care support. But due to the amazing advances in the research and the treatment field for melanoma, many of those patients are now successfully accessing these life saving. Uh, life-enhancing treatments like the immunotherapy and targeted therapies. And I think the work of people like Georgina and Richard um, has transformed the outcomes for our melanoma patients and their families across across the country and across the world.
1: Mm. Let's start with some basics, shall we? Um, is melanoma an all-embracing term for skin cancer or is it one particular type or a series of particular types?
0: Um. It's one particular type. So skin cancer um, is a broad term, and there's a number of different um, non-melanoma skin cancers. So it is important to make that differential. um, And some of those can be really serious. Um, In terms of melanoma, it's the most deadly form of skin cancer. So I think that's why, you know, in terms of the impact on, on people's lives, Uh, Many people um, having to get, you know, significant life-changing surgeries and treatments, melanoma um, kind of gets in the spotlight more because it's, it's just so deadly.
1: There are benign melanomas. There are malignant melanomas. If someone is diagnosed with either a malignant or a benign one, you know what their reaction is.
0: Yes. So yeah, there are different um, levels of um, melanomas. So it is important to say if you get an in situ or a stage one melanoma, and it's caught nice and early, most people are treated very successfully. And, and um, they're at high risk of future melanomas, but they can often get on with life and they don't need, you know, any of the immunotherapy or systemic treatments that we've talked about earlier. So I mean, our number one thing is catching the melanoma early is just so incredibly important. It increases the chance of um, it being caught, removed, and people can get on with life. Um, The challenge comes is once the melanoma has progressed and, um, you know, once you're at a a stage three or four advanced melanoma, the melanoma has made its way um, through the skin um, and into the bloodstream. And we then are facing, you know, life-impacting cancer diagnosis. So I think that is important Um, and, you know, we run a helpline for anyone diagnosed with any stage, but it doesn't matter what stage you're diagnosed with melanoma. Many people still are very shocked and very concerned that they would have received a melanoma diagnosis and really want to better understand the nature of their diagnosis, to understand what they can do to protect themselves. You know, if it's an early stage melanoma, stop the risk of it spreading. down the track years later. So I think, um, you know, it is a complicated um, form of cancer and it can be caught uh, early, which is a great thing, um, because the sooner we catch it, the less um, lifelong impacts people have.
1: We'll get to that in a moment. How different is it to a carcinoma, Uh, a basal cell carcinoma? Many people would have experienced that as well. That's a different type of skin cancer. How different is it to something like that?
0: It's just a different form of cancer. So if you um, um, go to see your clinician, your GP or dermatologist, they will be able to identify the type of skin cancer that you have and make a decision then on your treatment, whether it needs to be removed. And then it gets sent away to a pathologist um, and uh, usually comes back and gives you a definitive diagnosis of the type of skin cancer you've got. And then the clinician will give you the treatment options. For that particular skin cancer. So it really does vary and um, you know it just depends on the outcome from the biopsy um, that's taken often and the clinician's view on the next treatment options.
1: So let's talk now about how people might know that they have one. Quite often you might hear that uh, maybe a mark or a mole on your body has changed. Quite often though it's not like that at all, it's something else. How would somebody know given that early treatment, early detection is so important. How does somebody actually know that they have a melanoma?
0: I think it's tricky. And One of the things that we like to suggest people do is to do a monthly self-skin check at home. So even though you might be on you know, an annual or a biannual skin check with a, with, a, with a clinician, melanomas and skin cancers can come up between your checks. And I think that's just such an important message Um, There are certain types of melanoma, particular nodular melanoma, which can come up literally in the space of a few weeks. So I think not to scare people, but just to get people thinking about regular self-skin checks. Um, You know, the same thing if you're easy stepping in or out of the shower, just to take a look to see if there's any changes in your skin to any of the moles or lesions that you have on the skin. So if you've got a partner, perhaps get them to check your shoulders and areas that are difficult to look yourself. Um, I know some patients who um, literally had a skin check um, a month earlier and they felt a change and went in and it was a nodular melanoma that had come on within a month of a skin check. So I think having that regular monthly self skin check in your health regime is a really positive thing. Uh, And if you notice any changes, look, if you see um, something that's growing, changing in shape, changing in colour, if it's bleeding, if it's um, itching at all those are the things when you'd be well advised to, to book in with your GP or get a skin check with your clinician just to make sure everything's all right.
1: What happens if it's not? If the GP says you know we're going to send this away for a biopsy and the biopsy comes back and says melanoma could be stage one could be stage two if it's early what should a patient's reaction be then?
0: Um, the clinician should step you through. OK, so we, you know, we, we've we've got this issue. We found this melanoma um, and they should explain to you what stage it is and what the treatment options are ahead. Um, we know that if it's an advanced stage melanoma and you're diagnosed in your GP's office, for example, you'd be referred into the tertiary system into a specialist um, to get the care and treatment that you need. So I think um, you just have to be prepared for, um, you know, referral if your melanoma um, can't easily be treated by the GP or dermatologist into a specialist within the system. And then they will map out a treatment plan for you. I think the key um, area that my organization steps in is sometimes there's some delays between you getting that news that you've got a melanoma and actually um, having a referral or a treatment pathway mapped out. And often people just need someone to talk to, someone to share their fears and concerns about. They want more information about melanoma to better understand their diagnosis. And that's where Melanoma Patients Australia steps in and tries to, to help people in what can be a pretty stressful time. Essentially, you've been diagnosed with cancer and um, many people just need a bit of support and help to better navigate the yes. way forward and depend on the treatment and options available to them.
1: All right. Victoria Beadle is our guest, CEO of Melanoma Patients Australia. If somebody is diagnosed with melanoma, do doctors tell them about your organisation?
0: Well, we work very hard to try and uh, let them know. I think, I think it's a huge challenge for melanoma because people are diagnosed in so many different places. You could be diagnosed... Um, in, in your generalist gps surgery you may visit a skin clinic which is you know specialist gps that have got a special interest in skin cancer people might be in the dermatologist clinic or they might be straight into the hospital system if they've got an advanced diagnosis so so it is a bit of a challenge for us to get our um our information out to every gp in the country so but we work really hard to raise awareness um We've got some fantastic resources digitally that people can download on our website at melanomapatients.org.au and we work really hard to get out to the GP conferences and clinics and, and raise awareness of the work we do and so that people get to find out about the support services as soon as possible from point of diagnosis.
1: What kind of timeline are we talking about? If somebody has noticed that maybe a red mark on their body has changed, it's grown. uh, How long before it might be starting to get serious?
0: I I think the number one message here is that if you notice a change, if you feel a change, then it's something you should get seen by a clinician and they will help you to navigate the next steps. It's very difficult for me to say, you know, the time. All I can say is there are some types of melanoma that move faster than others and are more invasive, um, and you don't want to run the risk of, you know, oh, I'll just wait till the next skin check. You know, I've got it booked in three months time. I'll just wait. Um, you want to get it seen sooner rather than later if you are concerned. And we did a report, um, part of our State of the Nation report in collaboration with the Melanoma Institute. And many of our patients reported it was actually them that knew. They knew there was a change in their skin. They knew that something wasn't quite right. And it was actually them self-referring into their GP to say, hey, you know, I'm just a bit worried about this. Can you take a look? And that was what actually got the diagnosis sooner. Uh, And then they were able to get the treatment and the excision to stop the chances of it spreading.
1: So is that the treatment that maybe it is just excised? It's either scraped off the skin and maybe if it's gone a little deeper, you dig it out and there'll be a scar there? Is that basically what's going to happen?
0: Yes, it, I mean it depends on the on the um, on the type of lesion, where it's located on the body. But essentially, the the first um, form of treatment will be to understand if some if the doctor is concerned about that lesion and is worried that it could be a skin cancer, they'll want to get it tested. So that means a biopsy from wherever that. That's located and sometimes they can be in tricky places and then getting that tested. So then the clinician knows what, what the diagnosis is, what type of skin cancer it is and then the best next steps for that person.
1: Does Australia have a national strategy to deal with melanoma?
0: Um, we don't have a government strategy, but our organisation worked with Melanoma Institute Australia and uh, Professor Long and Scalia's team to produce a report called the State of the Nation, a report into melanoma a national health priority. Now, it's a very big, long report, but it um, has a lovely executive summary and it really goes into some detail of the areas we're doing well in, in melanoma and the areas that need improvement. And I think it does provide a roadmap or a strategy for what we can do as a nation to improve outcomes for patients across the country and potentially achieve zero deaths from melanoma which would be the ultimate goal
1: Hmm.
0: while we're supporting people currently living with a diagnosis.
1: So that's what uh, Georgina Long and Richard Scalia were talking about in their speech and also when they spoke to me on Nightlife is zero deaths. Is it in any way realistic that we can have zero deaths from not only melanoma, but other types of cancers as well. Because that's what their aim is, that's what their dream is. How realistic is it that in a country like Australia, where a lot of people are out in the sun all the time, they don't necessarily hear the message, and they should know that message, and even people who do know about the damage the sun can cause tend to ignore it. How can we ever get to zero cases?
0: Well, I'm an optimist uh and I think uh you know I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done across lots of different areas for us to get to that. Um we've seen the impact from the research, right? So um I, I said to you 10 years ago when people rang our helpline and they had advanced melanoma they were literally putting their affairs in order um, and there was no treatment options at all. And here we are in 2024 with some fantastic new immunotherapy and targeted therapy treatments that are life-saving. That's happened in 10 short years. So I think there are um, really amazing things happening in the research and treatment space. And there's still more work to do there for the for the patients that don't respond to treatment. I think the cultural stuff's interesting. I think it's more of a challenge, but we've got this year ahead of Georgina and Richard being in the spotlight to really get people thinking about it. I think it's a whole of community effort to um, raise the bar in terms of our focus on skin uh, protection and reducing the number of people affected by the disease in Australia. We do have a cultural issue which is very difficult to chip away at. I think there's some good work that's happened but I think we've got much more work to do. Obviously the Slip, Slap Slop campaign has been incredibly successful in Australia but we now have Lots of young people that are accessing information in different ways through social media and digital means. And I think we just have to be really responsive to that. Uh, We need to get celebrities and other high profile people behind um, the awareness. And to take Georgina's words, we have to stop the glamorization of tanning, which really is a huge cultural and sort of social part of aussie life how do we tackle that how do we work together to try and let people know about the dangers they're facing every time they try to get a tan um and what they can do to protect themselves and i think we really need to focus on children as well we know that um sunburns in childhood really massively increase chances of getting melanoma later in life And we need to better protect people who work out in the sun every day as part of their job.
1: Yeah. So I want to talk about that, about how long sometimes a melanoma might lie dormant in the body. I think uh, Richie Benno died of skin cancer, melanoma. And he'd been playing cricket, you know, 60 years earlier in the sun, quite often without any sunscreen. These days, of course, you see the players with bigger hats or sunglasses um, and with uh, sunscreen on them. In the old days, that was not the case. Quite often, they didn't even wear a cap or a hat. They'd have their uh, shirt unbuttoned. People would get sunburned. Ian Chappell, I think, is another person um, who has uh, had skin cancer, and he spent a lot of time in the sun as well. So how long does it lie dormant or can it lie dormant in the body before somehow it just gets switched on and a melanoma develops?
0: Well, a very long time, and I think that's part of the challenge for um, for, for people in the older age groups when the, the you know the slip, slap, slop message wasn't out there in childhood. You know, spent the summers baking on the beach with um, with, with oils, etc. I've spoken to a lot of people, and that was just you know a normal part of life. Um, obviously, we're a huge sporting nation, so um, um, spending time outdoors is um, has been par for the course for many people. But cumulative UV exposure does increase the risk of melanoma. So um, childhood sunburns and then cumulative UV exposure can increase the risk. So my um, main message to anyone who's worried about that is that if you are at high risk because you've had a lifetime of UV exposure, um, then you just need to be more vigilant and you need to be doing your monthly self skin checks and getting regular skin checks with your clinician to catch Catch it early um if it's likely to happen because it can it can be there below the surface um, for a very long time, and vigilance is the key um, if you if you're at high risk of melanoma.
1: How do we get the message through not only to young people but to older people as well?
0: It needs a concerted campaign on multiple levels, obviously cancer council do some great work in this space and being funded by the federal government to do more work in this space I think. That's works really important. I think we need to engage young people in the solutions uh, in terms of um, helping um, to design campaigns and information that resonates, especially with teenagers, because we see a real drop off in sun safe behaviours once kids hit high school. So I think there's some really important work that needs to be done around getting the message out to our teenagers and young young adults. And then sort of later down the track, I think for people who had that UV exposure and and, and are later in life, I think it's really getting that message of what to look for. So there's some of the things we ran through before about changes in your skin, getting regular checks, doing self skin checks because the damage is already done and, and you may be at risk of getting a melanoma later in life and you want to catch it early. So I think our messaging needs to be nuanced. It's got to be different depending on the audience. We need messages that are going to resonate with different age groups and different messages depending on who we're trying to target Mm. in terms of is it a prevention message or is it a detect early message?
1: And from what I can gather from what you're saying, though, you're saying, though, that we need a total change in our national attitude from the sports we play The beach ethos that we embrace, and pretty much everything else.
0: I think we do. I I mean, we we live in this amazing sunburnt country, and we love our outdoor lifestyle. But there's more we can do to protect ourselves, and some of it's pretty simple stuff. People are still lying on the beach in the middle of the day, in the middle of summer, uh, getting horrible sunburns, and you know, many people actually ending up in the emergency department from their sunburns. It's a it's a way of life. It's a cultural. And I think um, how we tackle that's going to be a challenge. I think there's some great things happening. There's more when you when you go down to the beach these days, there's more sun um, shade and protection on the beach. Um, I think there's some good messaging going out about UV three so so that people can download an app on their phone and check is the UV over three or not? Do I need to protect my skin when I go out to walk the dog to 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 go down and play cricket so so there's lots of tools there and i think it's more about us raising awareness of the impact if you don't do it and also um there's some really easy things lifestyle changes you can make to protect your skin which will stop you potentially getting a life-threatening cancer down the track one of the few preventable cancers right so um if there's something we can do to protect people you know we've got an obligation as a society to do everything we can
1: all right Victoria, thank you and thank you for the great work you're doing with people who have melanoma and thank you so much for being with us on Nightlife tonight.
0: That's my pleasure.
1: That is Victoria Beadle, CEO of Melanoma Patients Australia. You can see more of their work at melanomapatients.org.au.